Making it in business isn't about spreadsheets, this or that. It's about guts, tenacity, and above all, street smarts. Join Sarah Shaw as she talks with successful entrepreneurs about all the hard-won lessons they've learned on the mean streets of the business world. If you've ever felt stuck, stifled, or even just scared to get out there and make your mark, you'll learn how even the most successful entrepreneurs overcame failure and found the power to move forward. So forget about learning about business in school, because all you need to make it big is a street smart MBA. And here's your host, Sarah Shaw. Hey there, Sarah Shaw here with another episode of Get a Street Smart MBA. And today I'm talking with fashion designer Aaron Robertson, who was on the 2016 Project Runway Season 15. Hey, Aaron, welcome. Thank you. Hi, how are you, Sarah? I'm great. I'm really excited to talk to you. Your designs are so unique and different mm-hmm. and fresh. And I just, um, you know, you're not like the typical fashion designer, you know, or, or, you know, kind of bridge designer that, um, that we see in a department store or even in a lot of boutiques. And so I'm really, really excited to talk to you today about how this all came to be. Thanks. I'm excited um, to talk about how it came to be. Oh, good. So I want to just kind of, you know, can you just give everyone kind of a little bit of your background? Um, doesn't have to be, you know, whatever you want to share, kind of like how you actually even ever got involved in fashion and sort of what led you to even apply for Project Runway. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty intense story, so I'll do like a very short version but I mean, you know, as, as usually, as most stories happen, it's like when you're a kid. Um, like growing up, I grew up in Provo, Utah, and um, I grew up with like my mom, my grandma, everyone in my family sewed. And so I, I, I kind of was exposed to sewing through that, but I didn't really see it being cool until um, like I, started, I started getting older and I was like, oh, there's no clothes that I want to wear here, that these things don't exist. But I didn't quite understand what that all meant when I was living in Utah. So um, I also didn't know that you could really make like a living being an artist or a designer or anything. Like I, did, like I was in such a small little mind in Utah. So this was back in like, you know, 2005 when I graduated, well, technically dropped out of high school and got a GD. But <laughs> when I left high school, I was like, I was, in, you know, that was 2005. And then I moved to Boston. I was a dental assistant for five years at Harvard because, you know, I went, I was going that route because I didn't think I could make money as a designer and I didn't didn't really register for a while that you could go to art school. Like I like knew that it existed, mm-hmm. but it was like, I don't like, I can't afford it. Like I can't do this. So then I just got older and it was just like itching inside of me. And it was like, you know, I was, I am a designer. I need to, like, I feel like I am, but I don't have anything to prove for it. So then when I went to art school, I went into math. I went to math. That was the only art school I applied to be in. And um, just because it's a state funded art school and all I've heard was like really good reviews about just like how it's like the community is so amazing and everyone that went there just was like I met I met my best friends for life there so and it's like cheap to go there so like I was like I'll go in that far and then um see I went and I thought I just wanted to do fashion I was like I only want to do fashion I want to go to that and then it was like such an amazing experience because I went there and I got exposed to um fibers which is this other um which is a fine art major. Um, so I was in a design major, and then I ended up doing the fibers major, which was fine art. So I was kind of exposed to the, the, to the two worlds of designing for the consumer and then also like designing because these are feelings. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, that was like a really big, that was like probably the, the, huge, the huge thing for me with, with going to art school. And the biggest thing I learned going to college is like, you know, if you're going to be an artist and you're going to be a designer making something, you should be making something for a reason and for a purpose, not just because it's, like, cute or pretty. So, like, graduating school, like, my last, my last year, um, I, I had two senior years. and my last senior year, I wanted to make something that had more of, like, an impact. So I did um, this collection about the Pacific Trash Vortex and to just kind of, like, have there be a conversation about this really ugly thing that exists in this world, but not many people know about it or talk about it. So, and instead of doing like a classic runway, I did um, more of like a performance piece where I had the models wear these clothes that represented specific issues that were um, where the environment was like the, the oceans were being destroyed by plastic pollution. And they, would, they went out and picked up trash um, in the streets with like pickup pick up sticks, and I called them selfless sticks instead of selfie sticks. And 
and that's kind of like what was like for me like one of the big turning points. Um, and then also taking class at MIT. So that, I don't know, it's like a really long answer, but basically where I'm at right now is like just like kind of figuring out like why I make anything. Mm-hmm. So okay, can I just want to go back to one thing you so you were talking about the outfits that were made that were made out of trash. It was to show, trash. to show this, or the people were actually out on the street wearing your outfits, picking up trash. Both or both. It was wearing <laughs> trash, picking up trash. So Got it. I made it look like an evening gown. So it was like like one of my professors. She she's kind of a hoarder, which was also part of like the other thing was like this idea of hoarding and like needing and like wanting. Um, and so she would just like she saved all of her New York Times bags. So when she knew I was doing this project, she like brought them in for me. And I, um, I ironed them flat, and then I laser cut them into the shape of coral. So it looked like lace. So I did this beautiful like, lace applique of blue, like, the, like this New York Times blue, and then I had the New York Times bite bags. So it mm-hmm. went from like a live coral into a bleached coral, and this was laid on top of pea silk. And so pea silk is different than regular silk because the, the silk doesn't get boiled out of the cocoon. It, like, freely, the silk freely comes out of the cocoon. So it's just wow. kind of like... These, there were these conversations within the piece, so it was beautiful, but then, it, you know, to catch someone's attention, you'd be like, oh, so this is what it was made out of, rather than, you know, just like something, I don't know, it was just like, it was, it was more like the, using fashion as a way to catch attention, to talk about mm-hmm. something like a bigger issue. Mm-hmm. I love that. And on a quick sidebar, it's hilarious to me that, um, that you mentioned the New York Times bags because when I, I was a costume design major in college, mm-hmm. and I when I was in my senior year of college, I had transferred to UC Berkeley for the year and was uh-huh. living at home. And my parents get the New York Times and have yeah. been because we were all originally from New York. And my mom was I don't remember why she was saving the bags or if I told her to do it, <laughs> but I was making my I made myself a Halloween costume out of I was the New York Times for <laughs> for Halloween. Oh my god. I, I, I cut the bags, of, you know, flat. I cut the seam and just laid them flat, and then I taped them all together. And I made myself like this poncho and tied it with a belt, and and oh then cut God. out little words and made earrings. And then I made this whole New York um, cityscape as one of those masks that you hold on a stick, you know. And, um, and that and that was my Halloween costume. I should have had that in my total freak. I should have had that in my collection too. You should have been yeah. in touch with us. You can, you can feel free to use it. Um, <laughs> you don't have to pay me any royalties. <laughs> uh, it was really fun. Uh, and I still actually have the mask to this day. It's in my old portfolio bag, which is funny. Um, but I, <laughs> but um, I, I, love, um, I love how you decided to, to use you know, recycled materials and, and make – fashion and beauty, you know, out of it in, a, in an essence, you know, to show mm-hmm. what, what's, what's true for you, right, and what's meaningful yeah. to you, which is, you know, at that moment, obviously, it's the environment and what's happening in the world. And, and I, I, just, I, lo- I just love that idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was um, definitely like an introduction to kind of like, okay, so this is, this is just like one collection, you know, it's not like this like sellable sure. um, line that I did, but it was more of like for me to – you know, really, like, look into who I am and, like, what do I do mm-hmm. and why do I exist on this world? Like, and I didn't yeah. want to just be like, here's another collection with flowers on it. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's also, I think, probably was an inexpensive learning experience because your materials were readily at hand and it wasn't like you were looking to buy, you know, $3,000 worth of leather or you know, yeah, exactly. Uh, some, it was, something that was un, unattainable. Yeah, and I and I actually I applied for like a little micro grant, like a sustainability micro grant, and I got it. So I got like five hundred dollars for supplies. So that's cool. <laughs> Which went to like the <laughs> selfless sticks to, pick up, to buy all right, those. Yes. Like, you know, pick up sticks. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let let's let's kind of dive in and talk about your experience on Project Runway because I know that that's obviously changed and molded your life, you know, going forward with your website and your, and the collection that you're, you know, not collection, I should say, but the individual pieces Mm -hmm. that you've been designing and are showing on your new website. 
So, but I, I know that you know there's probably lots of people listening who have questioned applying for Project Runway or been too scared to be on it, or um, you know. So, so maybe talk about the um, well. First of all, how it was, how it felt to be accepted, you know. And then I don't know, were you completely freaking out? Was, was it? Were you scared, or were you just excited? So and, it was like that. Like I, it's so funny because um, I think my, my my collection kind of like portrayed like or like kind of encapsulated the like all of the feelings because I made like these like a spoof off of the mood bags called like Moody, and it said like designer feelings, and it was just kind of like I was just so emotional after the whole thing because I you know, I just grad I found out I was going to be on Project Runway the day before graduation, so I was like, holy shit! Like okay, so it was great because I could celebrate graduation. <laughs> Sure. And tell all of my best friends, but that like no one in the outside world could know until you know. I think it was like August fifteenth after like all this stuff. So it was. It's really. It was. There were so many feelings involved in it, and like I wasn't able to process like you know just even graduating. Like I like even now I'm like oh my god it was a year ago that I graduated, and then I'm like and then I like they're filming Project Runway season sixteen now, and I'm like what is like what happened in the last year? So, but. I mean, it, the whole thing was super surreal, like up until, you know, I feel like until like December 22nd when it was announced, like it never, none of it really felt real. I just kept being like, oh my God, this is life. Like, okay, yeah, that happened too. Like, and like when I applied, I, I definitely, you know, I'm not the kind of, I, I didn't apply being like, this is my dream in life is to win Project Runway. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't <laughs> my goal. Like wasn't like my end all be all. I was like, I'm graduating college and I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm going to apply for Project Runway. <laughs> that was like more yeah. so <laughs> my mentality. And I was like, why not? Like it'll be fun. Like that's literally my mentality that I went in doing it. Like I wasn't like stressed out about being like, am I good enough? I hope I win. It was just like, this is just an experience. Right. Like totally. it's not, you know, for me, I, it wasn't about, it really wasn't about winning, which is so funny because I like I won. But for me, it didn't come down to, this is going to define me or not necessarily. And so I really, I saw it in so much, in so much more of a playful way. And I was like, oh, I'll go make some mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, but I mean, I, be, yeah, you don't even think about the fact that you're going to be on national television, right? And doing all these challenges and I don't it's going to be hard. And yeah. Well, yeah. And I just like, I don't watch reality TV. I don't watch that much TV in general. So like when I, I there's a couple of shows that I'm like obsessed with, but you know, and it, now I have I had a little bit more time to watch TV, but when I was in college, I didn't watch TV. So mm-hmm. for the last five years when I was in school, I was just because I was a server for five years too. The whole time I was in college, so it was like I was working or working or more work. So it was just right. like or or surfing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all it was all it. So like when yeah. I I didn't understand the magnitude of of <laughs> TV. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, but yeah, that's right. People are gonna watch me, and then even more so of, like, my story and how it can relate to other people where, like, I've gotten, like, all these beautiful messages sense of people just being, like, I'm so inspired by you. Like, I live in a small town or I used to be Mormon or even if they didn't used to be Mormon, it's just, like, you know, feeling different in a small city and seeing me gave them, like, inspire them. And I'm, like, that is just, like, I didn't expect that to be a situation. It just right. didn't cross my mind. So it, that was probably one of my favorite things that have like come from that is to be able to see how like one how people can inspire each other in in that sort of way, right? And the impact that television can actually make on people's lives, right? We don't think of it as something that can be impactful. We think of it as just random entertainment. I think you know, yeah. And and but I think that you you know a lot of reality TV, you know, I mean like Survivor or something like that, you know, or some of those other shows that are more sporty. I don't know that they might inspire certain people to lose weight or be more active, but I don't know that it's in the same way as watching somebody, you know, go through I, yeah, the, the act of like, right, that creates something yeah. when you're given like five things and they're like, yeah, build a house, you know, or make yeah. an outfit or and do and something and you're just like, holy God, how's anyone totally. going to do that? Yeah, like, I mean, I've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race, like, catching up, like, crazy, and I'm just, like, I'm, like, I cry. Like, I'm I'm one, because I feel so, like, I'm, like, I get what you're going through. But then the other one, I'm just, like, wait a second. You have to be able to sew, act, sing, dance, and, like, you know, like, something like RuPaul's Drag Race is, like, insane to me, so I'm just, like, and and 
the thing that I've been seeing, the overarching idea of these reality TV shows, which I find so beautiful, like the good ones, are, are inspiring other people that don't have the community that, like, you know, that, you know, some of us are so lucky to have of, that make them feel okay with being different or make them feel okay yeah. with being, you know, not fitting in. And I think that that's, that's to me is like one of the best messages when a reality TV show does that is being able to show mm-hmm. that or to teach you any lesson, like, you know, in the end, like good prevails. And I think that right, that's exactly. like one of my favorite things about reality TV, the good shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And like you were saying that it can show anybody that you don't need to live in a certain city or, you know, be from a certain socioeconomic background or, you know, have gone to business school or design school or whatever. I've never been to business school, you know, yeah, and, like, and, and I've had six companies, you know, exactly. Um, yeah. And, uh, and like you, you know, when I started my handbag company, my first business years ago, I just kind of, I didn't think it was really going to be anything. I was just making bags for fun. And yeah, you know, and then it turned into this five-year business. But um, Project you know, kind of, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so can you t- can you share like one of your I don't know one of the scariest experiences you had on there, or what you felt like was the most challenging? I had a few. There were there. I feel like there were three instances, and they were like all they were hard in their own way. Like I wouldn't say one was harder than the other. It was just kind of like this was difficult. Like when my mom was there, that was really difficult for me because. Mm-hmm emotionally it was difficult because um, she sacrificed her life to raise me and my sister. So she didn't get to do the things that she wanted to do. And, you know, I have so much respect for her because she grew up in a different era where, and, you know, she did, she grew up in Payson, Utah, which, and she grew up, she was like an army baby. So she like ran up, she was like traveling with her family, with my family mm-hmm. too, but like, um, so she really didn't have the opportunity and the upbringing that I was able to have because she was able to be so honest with me and be like, you know, like you need to be you, to follow your goals, do whatever you want to do, like just be a good person. And so like, so to have her on the show, she was just like, I could, she was just like so happy, but I could, I, you know, there was also like, part of it was like, I knew that she would have loved to have done something that I'm doing. And so that's why like, I was like the most emotional on that challenge because I was like, mom. <laughs> and then, thanks for giving um, me the opportunity to yeah, and like I just like I don't see her that much because she lives in Utah and I live in Boston, and yeah. I don't really like going to Utah because it gives me anxiety. And then <laughs> she doesn't come out to Boston because Utah is a black hole, like in the sense of like it's just like you just kind of stay there. You don't really travel that often. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, and so like she. So anyway, so. And it's just like family, you know, like it's just a crazy family drama that like we've been through. So it's just like, and then when you're sequestered and you don't know, and you haven't seen anyone, then all of a sudden my mom walks in and I'm like, ah! <laughs> um, and, um, there was like a challenger. I was just like exhausted. Like we were just, you know, there's so much that goes on that people don't see as far as like it's challenge after challenge after challenge. It's not like every, like every week we go back and we're like, hey, I had time to rest up. It's just right, yeah. We're waking we're going to sleep late, waking up early and you're always like on camera. So mm-hmm. you're kind of always being watched and so there's kind of like this sense of I don't know, it's just like it's just so draining and they're just Right, you're never alone. Just, you're never alone. Like the only time I was ever by myself was when I was in the bathroom. Um right. and that's just like it just gets taxing after a while. Like you don't think about it, but then at the end I was like, What did I just go through? Like that was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that there was like, I was in the bottom for four times in a row and then I was making that piglet costume and it was the Marie Claire challenge. And it was like halfway, more than halfway through, I scrapped what I was working on and started something new. And that was like really stressful. I went to the bathroom probably 20 times just to like give myself like silent positive affirmations that I was going to be okay. (laughs) Let's be going to my office. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because, and I was nice, so I couldn't like say anything to myself I just like looked in the mirror and I was like mouthed to myself I was like you got this you can do this mm-hmm. like don't mm-hmm. disappoint your friends like I was just like I was like I can't bum my friends out like I have to win I'm not then then at that point I was like I have to win now so right and I just like I mean was the was the pressure I mean did you like do you everything. think that the pressure was just natural from being on the show or do you think that you added pressure to yourself 
you know, to... It's so hard to say because it's it's really such a mind fuck. Like, you really, mm-hmm. you're really in, like, the most unusual circumstances, and you'll never be put in that. You'll never, no one will ever put you in this unless you go on a reality TV show. Because mm-hmm. there's, I didn't have my phone. I couldn't talk to any of my friends. I couldn't talk to anyone else that wasn't part of the show. And then even there were some times where we weren't allowed to talk at all. Like, they would put us on hard ice where... Um, like on runway days when they're deciding. So runway days were, for me were the hardest because especially because I was either the top or the bottom almost every episode except one. So I was always on that runway. And it was like you were up there for an hour and a half where they were taking everyone. Like it looks like it's five mm-hmm. minutes, but we were up there for an hour and a half just standing. And then mm-hmm. and then when, you're, when they're deciding who wins and who goes home, that's like two to three hours. And then you can't talk at all. You can't talk to the contestants. You can't talk to the wranglers. You can't. There's no books. There's no magazines. There's no music. There's no TV. For the whole time. Oh, my God. It sounds like torture. <laughs> no, it's absolute. It's like I literally would just sit there and like look at my nails, take a nap, eat a snack. Mm-hmm. Like it was like that's the kind of stuff where I'm like that was for me the hardest part. So it was like I bet. That, and that was, like, the middle part where I was, like, I don't want to do another runway day. Like, I actually was, like, I don't – I was kind of, like, send me home. I actually don't really care. But then I was, like, you guys aren't going to – you're not going to do that. <laughs> I was kind of, like – I did have, like, a You were, like, a push-me-pull you. Yeah. yeah, I was, like, I was, like, fine. Send me home. Like, whatever. <laughs> but then I was, like, you will do yeah. it. <laughs> Um, so you talked, you mentioned being sequestered on the show. So how, how – so you weren't allowed to tell anybody that you were on the show or – or just not allowed yeah. to tell, talk to anybody while you were on the show? Both. So, I mean, I technically wouldn't tell anyone I was on the show, but I obviously, like, I told, like, my best friends and, like, people that I worked with, like, they all knew I applied to be on the show, and I was like, I'm just going to go on, um, like, I'm just going to go away for a while, like, going to go on an <laughs> artist residency. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I've worked at this place for five years. And I work, I've never, like, the longest time I ever took time off was, like, for two weeks to go on a vacation. Like, in five years, that's the longest time I took off. So, for me to, like, leave for six weeks was, like, they all knew. I never told them, but they were like, yeah, we know where you're at. (laughs) So. Yeah. (laughs) um, So, yeah. So, um, but, yeah, but then, like, while I was gone, like, I wasn't allowed to talk to anyone. And and that was, Mm -hmm. and if we did talk to anyone, we had to be uh, filmed. Wow. So that's why you see people talk on the phone. But, like, if you do that, right. it just, like, opens up the doors. And I was like, I don't need to. Like, this is fine. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's just going to make me stronger. Right. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Well, so so what – so speaking of stronger, so what do you think that – that experience, how, how do you think that experience did make you stronger? What it did is, like, so, I mean, I just I, – I felt so much more confident in who I was. I mean, I was, I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty confident person anyways, and I was like, yeah, like, I make these things and I do this, but it just kind of made me, rather than graduating and being like, okay, I have, like, this chill year to, like, think about what I want to do, it was just kind of – it pushed me to – pushed me even further to be, like, who am I as a designer, who am mm-hmm. I as a human, and, like, what do I want to do? And so, you know, it – I don't know, it just – that – I think that in and of itself, like, and then it, uh, that all trickles down to, like, other ideas. But, like, really just, it really made me more confident with who I am and what I want to do. I mean, I'm still, like, figuring things out. But it was a of course jump start to, yeah. to be able to do where, I, to be where I'm at right now. Because... Um, well, let's, let's talk about where you are right now. Because yeah, I know yeah. you just launched a new site um, yeah. called Ann Erin. Mm-hmm. And um, that you've got some really interesting items for sale, right? I don't want to say collection because, like we were saying before, <laughs> it's not a typical, it's not a typical bridge collection or something that stuff. you know. Is, yeah. So you know, you've got scarves and bags and um, some really cool coats and just things that are super cool and funky. And so let's just talk a little bit about how you know, kind of what the direction is with your site and um, how you're you know, what you're thinking with your yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so um, I'll first talk about the protest print because I feel like that's definitely more special. Yeah. Uh, but me and Jordan, you know, when Donald Trump became president, we were, we were shook and, like, just, you know, like, I think most people kind of just, at least, like, on our side of the bubble, 
we were kind of like, how oh, did yeah. this happen? You know, like, how did this happen? Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm, a, I'm from Utah, so I, like, I get things, like, a little bit because I kind of, like, it's a red state, and they loved President Bush, so, like, I kind of, I grew up with that, so I, at least mm-hmm. I'm not only, like, a Democratic independent bubble, but, like, I still, I, it just, because I was on reality TV, I was like, there's no way a reality TV guy is going to become president. Like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And then I, I was like, I thought it, Then, of I course, you're probably like, like, I'm going to be president. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I was like, uh, Right, yeah, I've been on reality TV. Aaron Roberts is funny. Um, yeah. yeah. But I was just like, because, because I was in a reality TV world, I was like, this is just a point. This is just like to get people involved in politics, to get people to be woke about what could happen. And then, and then it did happen. I was like, no, wait. So we were just kind of feeling, you know, like Jordan and I are like these two white girls living in Boston. We're very mm-hmm. fortunate to be living in the city. And so there's kind of like this weird feeling of being like, oh, no, we're just artists. Like, what are we, uh, like, what can we do? So, we um, we were lucky. We got this Spoonflower, which is this really amazing company. They're out of North Carolina. Yeah. They do custom printed fabric. Um, mm-hmm. They saw that I was on Project Runway, and so they're like, "Oh my God, so cool! Like, maybe we could do something with you." So they gave. They ended up like donating me some some spoon dollars to be able to just like print some fabric for free. So we ended up using the money for um, to just print this fabric for free because we're like, "Well, if we print the fabric for free, then we can just sell them and donate 100% of the proceeds to." like all of the nonprofits that are represented on the protest print. And with the protest yeah. print, we wanted it to be more of a positive message rather than a hateful thing. Cause you know, like you don't, it goes back to like thinking about you are what you wear. Like, you know, you can represent who you are. And, and I think the idea is to spread positivity and, um, you know, but then also be able to not be silent about how you feel about these, this political time. Um, sure. So, so, yeah, so we were just like, we're going to have, like, a bunch of fairies and, you know, magical beings holding our favorite protest signs. Um, and so, yeah, we made scarves, totes, and then one really fancy coat that's embellished. Um, yes. And we actually sold that, like, right before the site went up. And, like, I don't know mm-hmm. if I can announce quite who I sold it to yet because it's, it's a temporary acquisition until it's finalized. <laughs> so I don't want to jinx it over the air. Yes, but of it, course. It will be, pretty, it will be, <laughs> it must be somebody important. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we priced it at 7000 because we wanted to raise the money, you know? So we were like, oh, here we go. Uh, yeah. So, so you're probably really, like, darn, I should have put it at 10000 <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. But it's cool. I mean, it, it's all like learning, again, like, you know, learning experience. Sure. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So, um, so we're super excited about that. And that's pretty much almost all sold out. We have a few more things left. Um, so go to AnnaAaron.com and buy them. And, <laughs> and then yeah, I have, and the little doll of you is really cute too. The little doll. Oh, yeah. So the, this woman, uh, Dawn Hubbard in Washington, she, she like saw that we were doing it. And she's like, I really want to help. Like, I don't know what you guys are doing. I'm just like making up her voice because I don't know what it sounds like. But she's like, yeah. I really want to like – donate to you guys. I don't know if it's like overstepping my boundary because I've basically been commissioning her to make all of my friends as dolls. So we've been like connecting. And so she donated an Anne Aaron doll wearing the protest print coat. And I was like, yeah, it's so cute. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm like some little girl out there is going to love this. Like, yeah, you know, um, or not little girl, you know, you can be an adult. Right. Girl. Exactly. It could be a big girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm super, like just super excited to see how just to see how that went out because I'm like it just feels so good to be able to donate this money mm-hmm. you know um, yeah so that's really amazing and then I have just the two the two iconic prints from Project Runway that I did um, and I have those on shirts um, just wanted to do something that would make it so like people could buy them if they wanted to have the print it's through this company called Printful so they do. Mm-hmm. Um, we do printing on demand, so there's no bulk or nice. and no minimums because that's a lot of. And like, I don't want to use like factories overseas, unless it's, yeah. Not to judge overseas because I feel like there are some facilities that are good. Like it's not being like anything overseas is not good, but everything that I do moving forward, I want to be very cautious and like aware of the process of how things are done. So. Um, I'm using Printful just this, like for the first time and just see how it goes. So mm-hmm. 
it's pretty cool. Like, and then it doesn't get shipped to me. It's like it comes from the fact it comes from their um, printing op, like printing factory that's in LA. Yeah. And I think they have one in North Carolina too. Or what's somewhere it, what's around it called again? It's called Printful. P R I N T F U L. Oh, okay. Printful. And it's cool huh. because like basically you just like like you pay for the shirt, but then you like put like your like the amount that you want to make off of it because it's your design. And then sure. um, they they ship it directly to the the customer, so there's right. no so shipping it's kind of like cafe for them. It kind of cuts yeah. that one shipping, which is awesome. Right, exactly. So. And it's fabulous for a startup in a sense because you are a startup at this point that you don't have to stock inventory like you were saying. So exactly, it and it's like I don't want to be sitting. Over like I like I like t-shirts aren't really what I want to be focusing on. Like it's sure. like a thing that I don't want to be like, okay, I need a bit. Make sure I'm stocking inventory and shipping these out and doing this. It's like I don't want to think about that. That's not my priority. Yep. This is just so some people like if they really wanted a banana hand print because people were like, I want banana hands. So yeah, uh, be able to have like allow them to be able to get it. Um, That's great. I can, I can focus on other stuff. Heck yeah. So let's talk about some of the other stuff that you're focusing on. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do that. Yeah, so, so now, so are you, are you looking to kind of continue? I mean, the, the protest prints is kind of a one-time deal, or are you going to one-time deal, keep going yeah. with that? One-time deal. And then, yeah. um, and then are, so are, you, are your plans to create just unique designs that you can sell on your site, or are you trying to go mass market, you know, where you could sell – you know, 10 of the same thing in a boutique or... I think it might be a plan? little bit of both. I think it might be a little bit of both where I think it's just going to depend on what I want to do at the time. Like, that's kind of why mm-hmm. I don't want to be put in the bubble of expectation of a collection. Of being like, right. okay, we're, I can't wait for Aaron Robertson spring summer 2019, like, you know? Like, right. I'm just like, 2019, like, calm down. I just... I so far away. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I just find it so mind-blowing, and it's like everything looks the same any, anyways for the most part. Everyone's mm-hmm. copying everyone. So I'm just... I'm making things in my studio, and, like, I'm going to do some one-of-a-kind stuff, and then I also want to do some stuff that uh, maybe make a few versions, a few variations of it. Um, but it's definitely not going to be... I'm not really interested in doing mass production, um, yeah. everything will always be on a small scale, even if it's like something that there's more variables of it, like more, um, more quantity of it, it will still be on a small scale. Um, Got it's it. just because I'm not looking to mass produce. Like it's just, it's kind of goes against like the way all the things I always talk about the fashion industry that I don't like, which is mm-hmm. too much like excess. Yeah. So I don't want right. to be more of the problem. I like, I want to be a designer and have my, and have my voice, but I, at the same time, like, I also want to be like, here's a thousand shirts. I hope I sell them. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, so I love your photos. They're so playful. And, I love, yeah. You know, really different. So how, how did you, do you take them? How did, I mean, did you find a photographer? Kind of how did you come up with the concept, you know, of, so, this, but, of these photos? I'm obsessed with Stephanie Chang. She's amazing. She just graduated MassArt as well. Um, and I, what happened was, is about, uh, my friend, um, she's so funny, another math artist, um, she went to, um, journalism school and she asked, she's like, I want to do a piece on you. Cause I, you know, I was on Project Runway, so she wanted to like write about me. And she's like, I had this girl from math art come to do the photos. And I was like, I wasn't expecting it to be like this, like high production thing. Cause I was just like a favor for mm-hmm. a friend. And I was like, I'll do it. And it's like, you know, I really love this girl. And like, I was excited to see what she did. So then, like, we go there, and then, like, I met that she hired Stephanie to do the photos, and I was like, what? These photos mm-hmm. are real. Like, who are you? And she, like, takes photos at New York Fashion Week, and so she's based in, in Boston and in New York, and she's just super talented. Like, she just gets the shots. She, like, tells me what to do. Like, she's just like, okay, angle like this way. Let's do this. And, like, then I'll be, like, over here. Like, we just work together really well, so it's it's just like it's really fun. Like we both like really appreciate each other's existence. So um, mm. I love working with and her. Does she? Do you style them or does she style them? Like how do you guys team up for that? No, I style them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
So you so you come up with like all the accoutrement and everything that people are wearing. Yeah, shoes it's like, and it's, it's all, yeah, I mean like that part, and then like with the pizza picture of me eating pizza, it was like I was just really actually hungry, and then I had right. to see, like let's JFS <laughs> a picture of me eating a pizza, and right. it looked really good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a really good slice of pizza, I have to admit. So oh, I well, hey, there's thoroughly enjoyed better. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So did, have you kind of started to dabble into, I mean, obviously you got some PR just from being on Project Runway, um, mm-hmm. but have, have you had, you know, like how, how have magazines or any of the PR that you've gotten played, played a role in, in your business so far? Yeah, I mean, people are definitely, like, you know, especially locally, people are excited. So I've been doing stuff with like local newspapers like Boston Globe and um, Improper and, um, um, what's the other one, Boston Magazine, um, which are like the, the main ones here. Um, so I've been doing mm-hmm. stuff with them, which is really cool. And I've, I've been connected to them for a while because before Project Runway, I won um, a big scholarship, which kind of got my school some really solid recognition because I was the first one from MathArt to win a CFDA scholarship. Um, mm. So that kind of brought attention to me a few years prior. And then... Um, so and then I've been doing some pretty cool. I had just finished up a really cool like it's like sort of like Instagram influencer thing that I I can't quite announce yet either because it's not I can't talk about it until I sure. post it. Which I'm yeah. so bummed because the thing that I did for it is so epic and it's really current. <laughs> <laughs> and I it's like really difficult. I'm like I wish I could just post this on Instagram because I'm like it's so fun. But soon, um, yeah. So that's something that's pretty cool and it's. And it's cool to be able to see like uh, influencer sort of positions that are on brand for me because I've I never I was always like oh these cute girls putting on a chocolate face mask like cool right mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I was always like I will never do that but then it's like cool to see like an influencer job that I'm like wait this actually kind of connects to who I am like I'm actually psyched on this and mm-hmm. so it's it's interesting to see that sort of thing um, connect to me. Um, yeah, and I'm excited. Like, I want to do more of things that like connect to my brand because it just gives me the opportunity to to get paid to do something fun. I'm like, wait, this is all I want my life to be. I mean, not right. Like, I want a lot of other things. Well, yeah, I mean, but be able be able to to speak your truth and still do what you love yeah. to do. And it's like, and it's like I get to involve like um like my friends to be part of these projects with me. So that's the other thing that's really cool of like these sort of like influencer jobs is like make a video and I'm like, oh my God, I get to work with my friends and make a video that is like a, you know, a director. And so it's just cool to be able to see how I can like include and, and help people part, that are part of my community to be part of this journey that I'm doing. Sure, of course. And, and I just want to ask you one more question. So talk a little bit about how social media plays a role in your business because I know, you know you're super into Instagram and, um, and that that's help, helped you Obviously, I'm sure in certain ways, and clearly because you just got this influencer gig that you're that you can't talk about yet. Yeah. Um, and um, and so, can you talk a little bit about kind of how you use Instagram to just you know for people who maybe don't really know how to use yeah. it to their benefit? For sure. So, I mean, I I've been on Instagram since I think no lie, like 2011, like when it first came out, like 2012, 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. Like, I was one of the first people before it was available for Androids. So this was like when I was still a dental assistant. I wasn't in art school yet. And, um, and I just remember when I started going to art school, I, I just started documenting all my work. And so it kind of, for me, even from that point on, was always a way to kind of share what I was doing. So that's kind of how I've always viewed Instagram. And still to this day, it's, it's a... It's a it's like an it's like an image journal for me to to be able to be like oh I'm doing this but also I'm like doing this one event and I'm like this and that so I I've always loved I've loved it for that way the central place for people to find like things that they like and I when I go to someone else's in, like Instagram I'm like oh I love their overall aesthetic like their whole image not just like one image but it's all it's all the details and how it creates like a full you know. Uh, brand for this person, um, mm-hmm. which I think is like so cool about Instagram, and and I like love seeing, like I said, like I love when I see other people's Instagram. I'm like, oh, it's such a cool aesthetic. 
Um, and so I'm just like, okay, well, I have mine too. Like, this is me. So I think it's just like another it's just like another way to like show your story. And it's, for me, it's always a little bit more casual, whereas like a website is a little bit more organized and um, professional, you might say. But Instagram has always been like a little bit more like of a way for me to be like sillier with like my stuff. Mm-hmm. Even though my even though my website is pretty silly still, but uh. <laughs> right. But it's but it's kind of it's not changing every single day like your Instagram posts are too. Yeah, it's like it's just like it's, it's really just like a blog. I feel like it's like the current mm-hmm. blog of nowadays. So right. But yeah, I, again, it's and, like a way for people to see like to get inspired. Like I like I'll go to some people's thing and I'm like, man, I'm gonna that's so cool. I'm so inspired. So it's it's for me it's all just like how we can all inspire one another and like mm-hmm. like an inspiration circle. Right. Do you do you speaking out. of inspired, <laughs> do you do you only wear your own clothes or do you wear other designers? Oh no. Oh my god, no, I don't wear my own. I just like it's been something on my mind that I've been wanting to do for years. I was like I don't have time to make my own clothes. But I've been, like, I've been so focused. It's so funny because everyone's like, when are we going to be able to get your stuff? I want your things. And I'm like, if you only knew what I've been going through for the past five months, like post-Project Runway, it's been, like, the whole month of January, I was just, like, that was, like, for me to be, like, who am I even as a human, as a business? Like, what's a, what is a business? Like, I didn't know what an LLC was. Right. I bought one, you know, so I was like, cool, Fruit Basket LLC, like, that's what I'm going to be. Um, yeah. And so there's, and Jennifer, my manager, friend, like, has been the most helpful for me in that sense of being like, okay, these are the, because these are the things that you need to have to start a business. Like, this is the thing that you need to be doing. And so to have, like, someone like her direct me and be there for me on, on so many ways has been the best. And that's why, um, like, you know, community and who, who's on your team is so important. Like, there's, there's no way I'd be able to, be able to, like, respond to the emails that come in and be professional and make deals and talk about certain things and then also be in the studio making something. Like, you just can't sure, do it. Like, there's, there's no way. No. But what's really cool is I'm not – I didn't want to just be like, okay, you do this for me and you do that for me and do that. It's like I want to know how things are happening and how things work so I understand what's going on and – and, you know, and how to change things because I also, like, you know, I went to art school and I, ne- like, never talked about how to make a business. Like, never. Like, that's not talked about. Yeah. And, like, right. I never wanted to go work for someone really, but I was like, well, I don't also want to – I don't know. It's just, like, it's so funny to be in this position because, like, forever I've been telling myself that I didn't want to start a business and I didn't want to work for someone. And I was like, well, who am I? So that's what the last four months, last four or five months has been, has been like really discovering who I am as a brand and like what it is that I want to be doing. And, and so now I feel like I'm like, oh, wait, now I can actually make stuff. Like it's, it's been like this really slow process, but really it hasn't been. There's been so many things, but it's just not – it's not like something you post on Instagram where you're like, guys, like I'm doing this and I like went to this like – I guess you could, but it's just like – I don't know, like, there's so many things of starting a business that isn't Instagrammable in a way. Like, sure, you don't, of course. Right. You know, there's yeah, so start, starting parts. a corporation is not that sexy. Yeah. Yeah, it's really not. So it's, it's really, there's, like, so many things that have been happening, like, behind the scenes to create the things that are where I am now. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I didn't get my prize packages until, like, late March. So I wasn't really able to have a studio that I'm in now and have all the sewing machines set up and buy all the supplies that I need to get until then. So I really just started, you know, in April. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, just, and really, people don't know that. They're like, you won in December. Like, where's all this stuff? And I'm like, why don't you like, you know, if you only knew. <laughs> You're like, and first of all, I need to sleep for the entire month of January. <laughs> I actually, I really did. Like, I really was a couch potato. Like, I yeah. chilled. I was like, I need to rest my brain because I'm not going to – well, no, I didn't even rest my brain. I didn't even. Like, I was still doing work, but it was just, like, not, like, designing. And that's where, right. like, the whole part of it – and that's, again, like, a lot of – like, I've expedited starting a business. Usually, you know, people – you know, it takes people years to start what I've been doing that I did in, like, five months. So mm-hmm. – and that's the thing where, you know, winning Project Runway really has been, like, amazing because – I wouldn't be able to have the people on my team and 
be able to pay people to do things for me because like, I'm not being right. stingy with my money. I'm like, okay, I need these things done, and I'm going to pay people to help me out with it because I'm not going to start this alone. And that's the other thing, sure. too, is like, I think that there's this illusion that you, you, you do everything by yourself where it's like you totally do not. Well, it's really good. I, mean, I think that most, most new entrepreneurs get stuck in that mentality of having to think they have to do it all alone instead mm-hmm. of doing what you're doing, which I think is really smart, is bringing on the people who can do the things that you're not good at yet or that you actually don't need to do. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I always say to my clients, make a list of all the things that have to get done and then put the things into a column that only you can do. And you'll see there's like five. Like design. Out of doubt. Which would be the yeah. first one. <laughs> you and know, like make, maybe yeah. make the sample if it's something you're making yourself or get the sample made, you know, or whatever. I was like, but there's not a whole lot that you, that only you can do. So I said, you know, I always say to people, you've got to, you re- and which is really smart of you, and I'm really happy for you that you're able to do that is to really bring on the people who can, A, do it quickly, and, you know, it's kind of second nature to them. Yeah. And you and, can and also like learn excited. how to do it. Yeah. yeah. Like, Jennifer, she's so excited. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so excited to start um, payroll. And I'm like, I love that you're excited to start payroll. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like let me it's go like, snooze about that. Yeah. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, I love, like, she literally loves responding to emails quickly. Like, she gets, yeah. She's just like psyched on it where I'm like always like, sorry for the late response, like me always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and, and it's just so important when you have a business for like that quick response. Like that quick yes, response rate is going to be, is going to change everything. And like, yes. because people appreciate it and they're like, wow, they're, like, they're serious about what they're doing and they care. And like, but again, like I couldn't do, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. It no, I it's not good humanly that you can possible. recognize. Yeah, I mean, you, everybody. I think it's most. I think the most successful people, you know, are the people who recognize what they can handle and what they need other people to handle for them. And if mm-hmm. you get bogged down with all the things that are either boring to you or that you're not capable of, or it's going to take you two years to learn how to do it, you know, that. It just yeah. it slows the whole process exactly. down, and you know you're you're on a you're on a roll yeah. now. You've got you've got your website up. You've got your you know new projects and things you're doing in the pipeline. Yeah. You know, and, and even you're like getting even like having a lawyer is like really amazing because like I yeah. have um, no and seriously because I did this. There's a thing coming out through Project Runway and like something else, and like it will be. I don't know exactly when it's going to be released, but it was like that was like a really big learning process for me because you know, making sure that whatever contracts I sign, that I am understanding of what's in that contract and, like, all the legalities that go into it, like indemnification. I'm like, I didn't even know what that was, but now I right. do, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and likeness. I didn't know what likeness was, and now I know what that is. And so it's all these, like, yeah. terms where I'm like, holy, like, what the? And also, like, understanding likeness is, like, understanding more my worth of what is, mm-hmm. is like who I am and like knowing that ideas are worth money and concepts are worth money. And, and I think that that's a huge thing where I, I've been so object focused where I'm like, okay, this object took me five hours and it cost this much money and that's how much it's worth. But it's like, no, like your ideas are also have value. And well, I think that sure. I, I, I didn't know that, which now to me seems silly because I'm like, that's obvious, <laughs> but right. Yeah, there's just so many things where, and also like the other big thing is, um, I think being female has been um, in like growing up and 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 not knowing like my self worth and kind of um, diminishing that has been like a big step up for me is like understanding that that I am worth certain like I am worth this much money or I can price these things to this because otherwise I'm like oh I really like doing it like I was just an artist you know like I enjoyed it. And so it's like mm-hmm. that sort of like, you know, youth I, like mentality of not understanding your worth. And, um, totally. and, that, and that has been like a really, it's been really nice to be able to change that, that way that I view myself um, has been that's really great. important for me. Well, I think um, that's great that, uh, that you've been able to learn that about yourself. I mean, I think that with a lot of product designers, it comes down to that they can't actually afford their own products, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, like, oh, you know, I can't buy it, like, but no one else could. 
Right, and so that they tend to underprice things. Like you might, you could have looked at that code and said, oh, you know, I really, I wish I could charge seven thousand for it because that I could raise all this money. But somebody who's going to pay that, and I can yeah. pay it, you know. And you can talk yourself into these circles, downward spirals, you know, of, of lowering your your prices on things based on your yeah, exactly. experience yeah. of life. You know, but you don't think about. You know, it's more about thinking about the person, right? Who who your ideal customer is, and if you're like my ideal customer is going to easily pay seven thousand for that because that's the kind of person I want to sell to, then with, kind of with that vibe that you put behind it, right? With the knowing yeah. that that's the person, right? You kind of just put all that energy into well, the product. Yeah, and, and it's it also goes. like you know the the thing that I'm selling is also like, and it's not even like being like oh, like I need to price this because people out there have money and they can buy it. It's like I don't see it that way. I see it as like I put this time and this effort and this energy and this love into this one garment that only exists. And this is the only one that exists in the world like this. Yep. And so I'm like, that, that is worth money. That is worth a good amount of money. Like I don't, you know. Totally. So, so for me, it's just kind oh, of yeah. getting that idea across that, 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 that it's like worth it. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> well, congrats on learning that at such a young age because it takes a lot of – sometimes it takes people half their lifetime to learn that. And I'm I think it's really going to be – Yeah. It's gonna, it's, I'm 30. It's gonna, oh, yeah, no, you're, you're a third the way through your life. But, yeah. um, or maybe even less. But, but you know, it's, it's, it's that um, – and I also think 30 is a magical year, you know, for a lot of people. I know good. it was for me, you know, like turning point of really starting to look at, you know, like how you look at your life. Like what do I want to accomplish? You know, what, what are my goals? Right. Yeah. And, and that you're, you're really starting to mold yourself, you know, into the totally. person that you're going to be for the rest of your life and that style, you know. Yeah, and I think, it's, and I think that when turning 30 is like such an important time because it really does – it's like, you know, you're leaving your 20s. Your body's yep. starting to disintegrate. Like, you can feel it. You can see it. You're like, okay, I can't, you know, like, you know, I'm like, I worked myself to the bone in college. Like, my body, like, died already then. So it's just, like, understanding mm-hmm. that and, like, taking care of yourself. And just, and it's just so important. And aside from just, like, physically taking care of yourself, it's, like, mentally, you know, checking in and being like, okay, is this, what do I want to be? Like, who do, who do I want to be? What do I want to do? Like, right. what kind of changes do I want to make in the world? And, um, and so it's, it's really cool to be able to be to this point. And I know, like, you know, in a few years it will change, or in, like, in a month, like, things will be weirder and different. But being able to just, like, consciously check in on yourself and be like, okay, I'm here now. This exactly. <laughs> what do I want to be? Just making sure that I'm, like, always, like, on the right path and I'm not doing things that aren't me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's great. Well, congratulations on on everything that you've achieved and and your new site and all the cool stuff that you have coming up. We'll have to check back in and update the podcast page once you've got your uh, once you can reveal a bunch of these new things. Yeah, no. and, and we'll have to we'll have to do it. like a fall catch up. Exactly. <laughs> Erin, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Love talking to you and I will catch up with you soon. Cool. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to A Street Smart MBA with Sarah Shaw. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to get the latest episodes anytime, anywhere. And we'll see you on the next one.